for tuning in to our, our midweek uh, pick pick me up where we where we get and we talk to some special guests coming in. I'm really excited because tonight on Table Talk we have Naomi and Glenn Johnson. They're going to be joining with uh, us us not too long from now, and they're going to be sharing sharing about their journey. So Naomi and Glenn, they're um, studying to um, become full time missionaries, and so it's pretty exciting, pretty scary, and so uh, I'm really excited to have them on tonight's table talk because they're going to be sharing about their journey their story how did it all start and, and how did this all happen uh, and then later on we've got mike cook sharing the message i'm pretty excited for the, the the message that mike has prepared for each for us tonight because mike is a uh what is it creation ministry uh that's what it's called cmi cmi what does cmi stand for creation ministry international I think that's what it stands for. So he's a representative uh, for CMI here in, in the Waikato. And so he's going to be sharing an amazing message. So I hope you, you've been surviving uh, lockdown. And uh, this one, here's a little tip for you. What, we, what we've done in our home is that I've set up a, like a little tent, like a big tent. And I said to a little five-year-old grandson, I said, hey, look, go in here, make as much mess as you want. We'll put all his toys in there. He's having a lot of fun uh, in there. And uh, you know what? It keeps the lounge nice and tidy. It's a little tip out there. If you've got a tent, put it up, put the kids in there, put all the toys in there, and Bob's your uncle. Okay, so unless Bob's your dad. But anyway, let's move on. So, table talk. I'm excited. So, we're going to go and see if we can stream live now to Glenn and Naomi Johnston. So, Glenn and Naomi, are you there? Hey, Hello. good to see you guys. How you guys been? Yeah, getting there. Pretty good. Getting there. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So you guys are where about you guys living? Tell us, tell us what what does your situation look like? Where are you guys staying? Um, we are staying out in Gordonton, which is about 20 minutes out of central Hamilton. And um, the college out here is a mission school and they have on-ground accommodation. So we're just um staying in one of the little two-bedroom flats that they have available. Um, yeah, just out here in Gordonton. So you guys are like really isolated. So totally isolated. You can like, do you just like have like uh, big walls around you guys? So like if a zombie apocalypse breaks out, you guys are totally safe. Um, well, <laughs> no, not really. There's um, no walls, a few fences, but um, no, it's pretty open access. It's just that no one really knows that you're out here unless you know where to come looking for us. But um, it's totally open for people to come and, I guess, check in at reception and have a wander around. <laughs> but yeah, no, not too many walls. So um, with COVID-19 and obviously the isolation, even though you guys are isolated, I mean, with your East West College, the mission school, even though it's isolated, you guys are still practicing self-isolation even within your isolated uh, encampment. Is that right? Uh, yes. So each flat kind of has, has their own bubble, I guess you'd say. Um, currently there's 70 people out here on site and everybody's keeping to their own room and uh, there's no more shared meals or anything like that. Uh, yeah, it's all pretty, uh, but difficult to get used to really. Um, yeah, just talking to everybody from two meters away really. Yeah. So I've heard you guys got a special technique of uh, you guys are still doing your classes. And so what you, is this, is this true? Is this what you guys are doing? You guys just go to your front doors, open your door and you guys have lectures out there yelling at each other and someone's across the road and, and he's a lecturer's there. He's yelling. Is, that, is this how you guys do your lectures? Well, there is a lot of yelling, but I wouldn't say it from the lectures. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, let's move right along, shall we? <laughs> okay. Okay. The lectures are pretty normal. Like we just have had to move them onto Zoom and um, onto narrated PowerPoints. But they're trying to keep the classes running as normal as possible so that we can sort of get through our year still. Okay. Oh, that's great. All right. You know, um, on Table Talk, when we have uh, invited guests on, on our um, show, uh, we like to ask them about their testimony. So, Naomi and Glenn, you guys are... Um, uh, you are married, obviously. <laughs> um, so I would love to hear your story. Tell us your story. Tell us your testimony. How did you come to faith? How did this all this happen? How did your your road to missionhood uh, or full time ministry <laughs> mission? What do you guys call it? Full time mission missionaries? How did that all happen? How did it all take place? Could you just sh share on that? In fact, I hand it over to you guys. Just share a bit of your story. Uh, so I grew up in a Christian family. Um, I went to church 
my whole childhood and kind of half my teenage years. My late teens, I kind of walked away from church, a uh, variety of reasons. Um, rebel, were you a rebel? <laughs> pretty were much. Rebel? Uh, uh, kind of due to my uh, musical tastes. And uh, what, What's yeah, your just, musical taste? Just give us a bit, a bit of a glimpse of what was Glenn like when you were 16, your musical. What did you look like? Can you tell us, share something about you? Uh, so for quite a few years, I had a mohawk or two, um, wore a lot of, I had a lot of piercings, um, what else, wore a lot of chains, studs, um, yeah, band t-shirts, listened to a lot of heavy metal and punk music. Um, just did not look like a Christian boy. I, I didn't fit the, <laughs> fit the stereotypical Christian mold. And so the church youth group leaders kind of yeah a bit of conflict but uh i don't want to <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely delve, delve too much into it um, but it's part of your story yeah. so and so what so um it's part of your story so then what happened what happened after how so you kind of went off track a little so how'd you come back what happened uh so i think it was new year's 2005 uh there was a yfc youth for christ uh, New Year's camp down in Lake Taupo on the southern shores of Lake Taupo and I think there were four or five hundred people there um, and that's where I met Naomi um, we became friends and then I came back to Hamilton and carried on my uh, worldly ways um, Naomi and I stayed friends uh, we yeah purely friends and then two years later we um, started <laughs> dating after being Ooh. friends for two years um, and then, yeah, probably around that time, I, I recommitted my, my life to God. Through all my time off, off the track, I guess you'd say, I uh, always knew that God was there. I always knew that um, he loved me and what I was doing was not right. It was not what he had designed for me to do. But I was just like, oh, I can't be bothered with that. And so, yeah, kind of meeting Naomi and... Um, starting to date her kind of I guess you say was the jump start to get me back on the on the track um so yeah oh wow wow that that's incredible uh, and you know um having both of you in church has been a real blessing to us so Naomi so uh we, we heard how you appeared in Glenn's life so tell us your journey of your walk in faith how did it all start and how'd you end up at their camp and so on um, well, I was sort of uh, also raised Christian um, and like Glenn started to question a lot of the habits behind all of it and the beliefs um, and uh, really started um, just sort of dating heaps of different guys. And um, at 16, I decided I was going to move out of home and move in with my boyfriend. And I decided to go tell my dad this one evening and he just was really unsure of where this had all come from and like how I could turn away from God and all this sort of thing. And um, because you, you live in a, you lived in a, a fairly large family, very Christian family. How, how many brothers and sisters? I have six siblings. Six siblings. Um, You're number seven. I'm number one. You're number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was sort of, I sort of had the responsibility of, um, making decisions that the other kids would look up to. And so dad kind of had to make calls about, you know, me based on that, like that I couldn't live in the house if I was going to be, you know, sleeping with this guy. And so that's one of the reasons why I thought I had to move out of home. Um, and so anyway, dad asked uh, me if I would attend this um, camp and because there was skydiving and paintball, I agreed. And um, did you go skydiving? I did go skydiving. That's where I met Glenn. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. In the air. Well, yes, that's usually where you skydive. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where she fell for me. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> love the line. Yeah, that's she, yeah, I love it. Love it. Carry on. Carry on. Yeah, so I went to this camp and um, I just remember sitting in all the worship services being really sullen about why I was there and just wanting to go into all the fun stuff. <laughs> Um, but I remember in the last, one of the last worship nights, I just sat, I was sitting there real grumpy and I remember saying to God that I couldn't be bothered and I had, I didn't have it in me to, um, 
to go after him so he needed to come after me and I just in that in that instant I just had a moment with God and I haven't really turned back from that and so I came back to my house and I broke up with my boyfriend at the time um, and stayed at my parents house and um, that started the whole journey and obviously I became friends with Glenn (laughs) and we started dating a couple years later Oh, so you fell for him um, in the air and two years later, you guys started dating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. I, I guess for your dad, it was answered the prayer. <laughs> um, so it's Glenn, the answer to prayer for you. Anyway, let's carry on. So <laughs> what, what I love about hearing both of your stories is that, you know, in the day, you know, someone told me when I first became a Christian, there's a difference between Christianity and religion. Religion is God's search. Oh, sorry. Religion is man's search. For God, but Christianity is God's search for man. And, and I love that because in, in both of your stories, God's revealing himself to you both. So so now you guys come together. So tell us the story. Now you're together. You guys got married. Uh, you guys came to an amazing church. And tell us, how did you guys end up becoming missionaries? Tell us your journey. Well, it was quite a, it was quite a long journey, actually. There were a few different parts to it. Um, but basically... God started calling us through really natural things. So uh, like Glenn felt a draw to Russia and um, he went on a mission trip there. You want to share about that? Uh, 2014, I went a four-week trip to Russia uh, with OMS, One Mission Society, and just doing a manual labor at a local church in a little town uh, in northern Russia. And... Um, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, just the possibilities and oh, it was just, it really blew my mind. And I, probably that's what kind of started things off. But um, given my work life and everything else, I didn't really pursue it too much for a few years. So yeah, that's kind of, I guess, the very, very first steps towards becoming a missionary that I took. Right, so I was doing this short-term mission trip. Is is kind of when God started putting within you, or sowing a seed in there of actually um, maybe God is calling you abroad to take the gospel to a country where you don't understand the language, uh, where you can, where things begin to happen. So yeah, so and then um, so you did your mission trip to Russia. You come back, and then what happened next was like, oh, you know, I know me. We're going. Was it like that? You know, was it that well orchestrated? I mean, how did it happen? Uh, no, it didn't happen like that at all. Um, I've always been very keen to go back to Russia, but it is borderline impossible to get a visa to get entry into that country. So, um, Russia's kind of on the back burner. I still have a passion for Russia and I really want to go there and do something one day. I just don't know what it is yet. Um, but yeah, when was it? 2017. Uh, Naomi went down to visit her parents and I stayed at home because I had work that week and that weekend. And I ended up watching um, a video about the street children and who have been in the orphanages in Eastern Europe. And I was like, man, this, this sucks. Like some, somebody has to do something about this to help these, these kids get a better life. And so for me, that was probably the next step in the journey. Um, what can I do towards this? And then, uh, yeah, don't share your part. Yeah, I think mine happened a lot quicker. And I think that's like, that's how God works is he knows each of us. And Glenn's like the slow burner and I'm like, you know, the quick spark. And so Glenn's... Firecracker. Yeah, a little bit of a firecracker. <laughs> um, so Glenn's journey started a, like a bit before mine. Whereas mine happened really quickly and it just shot off. So um, I, on that same weekend where I was in Hawke's Bay and Glenn was watching the documentary about the street kids, I was watching a movie with my dad about human trafficking in um, Eastern Europe. And we hadn't communicated about these things at all. We just happened to be watching similar things. And I had an experience in the car on the way home after being so impacted by this movie where yeah I just felt like I had to do something physical about it and not just pray and not just give money like sometimes you feel a really distinct physical call to go to a place and that's what I felt and um, so on the way home that was really 
um, like God really spoke to me. And so I got home and I was like, okay, Glenn, we're moving to Eastern Europe. <laughs> and he obviously was like, not, not in that boat yet. So <laughs> there were a few steps along the way for us to end up on the same, on the same track. Um, and it had to it included a short trip to Hungary where we spent five weeks with the team over there to see if we really fitted. Um, and just a bunch of confirmations from leaders and parents about whether it was the right thing to do. And, um, and we got all of that. And so that's really what started the whole practical actual journey. Wow. Well, and so it kind of, God just kind of knitted together. Um, and so you guys, so you guys made the decision together to do this? No, no I made the decision first, I think. And then, but I really wanted to go straight away and it took a long time for Glenn to come to that agreement. But one of the things that I was told very strongly was not to convince Glenn or, or twist his arm into going because that's how divorce happens on the field. A lot of the times when one person has felt the call to go and they're forced the partner to go and then difficulties happen and, and the partner blames the person, you know, so there has to be a real call of God on both of both of your lives in order that when it gets difficult and when it gets hard you can hold each other up and so after our short-term trip to Hungary um, we were still on opposite sides Glenn was still not sure about giving up his dream job and I was still very certain that we should go but I just felt God tell me to be quiet and not to argue and just let let it it happen how it was going to happen and within a month Glenn had heard from God and had changed his mind and we were on our way right I mean so how did it how did you change so easily was it what was it was it like uh audible voice from god glenn <laughs> this is your father you know what what was <laughs> what was it i mean what was it for you glenn um how did god speak to you uh so even when we got back from hungary at the end of july 2018 um i was still very much uh, new zealand is my place because i have my dream job here I am doing what I love and I can see my career path pretty well mapped out in front of me and I know where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. Uh, the first weekend of August 2018, I went up to Hotwater Beach and uh, stayed in a batch up there. And um, on the Saturday morning, I got up and I went for a walk out onto the rocks and I just sat there and I, I just had a real honest talk to God and I said, look, God, I can't do this without you. You you have to change my heart and you have to um, give me a real peace about, about giving up all this stuff. Um, I had two dogs that I love very much. Uh, I was in my dream job. Uh, I had my dream car. I, I was living my life that I wanted to live. And God, after that weekend, God just gave me a real, a real peace that, uh, if you go down this track, it's, it's, it's going to be fine. I've, I've got you. And so I had this internal peace that following him and, and doing what has been called um, was the right thing to do. And so, yeah, just in a weekend, just of probably an hour of real hard praying and saying to God, look, <laughs> you have to do this. I, I can't do this. And so, yeah, and God just came through and just gave me an absolute peace that, is indescribable you, you can't you can't put your finger on it and so i just had this real amazing piece and then um i may have been a little bit naughty and i didn't tell naomi for three or four weeks after i got back yeah i just i just let it settle inside me because i think this is that was the point in my life where it was like a, a, a t intersection I could go right and follow God or I could go left and follow my own dreams and my own goals, my own aspirations. So yeah, like Naomi said, I, I like to plan and I like to take things slowly and make sure everything's done right. So yeah. Uh, well, you know what I love about just hearing your story was like you said, Naomi, that you both have to be fully on to ready to go. Um, and uh, one of the things is, is that quite often if it's just one, one side, you, you see, you can bring, um, you can bring a lot of uh, issues in your relationship and your marriage. And so you both needed to go together. And I think this is really key for people out there. If you're listening to this and, and you know, God maybe put something on your heart, don't rush ahead. You know, keep praying and let God speak to your wife or your husband. 
Don't you don't try to talk them into it. That's actually one of the worst things you can do. Let God reveal it to them. Because if, if God is calling you, God will be calling them as well. You, that God just doesn't call one. And if it's only one, you just got to really seek God and don't try to force something. And I really love Naomi and Glenn's story, how they, God spoke to both of them. And they're at different times. And, and you know, we like to try to rush things, but let's, let's best not to. Okay, Naomi and Glenn, so, you know, now you've both made that decision to um, to go. So what's the pathway? What does it look like? How, do you, how are you guys going to get there? Naomi and Glenn. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that last part of that question. Okay, no problem. So, uh, so what's the pathway? How do I, how do you become a missionary? How do you guys get to Hungary, uh, to Budapest? Uh, what does that journey look like from here going forward? <laughs> okay. Can you still hear us, Naomi? Well, I think if, if I get the gist of your... Yep. Yeah. Okay, sorry, carry on. <laughs> I think... I think. Um, Maybe you should pick up... Could you pick up your phone? Sorry. One of the things um, about our table talk is what you need to know is that this is live. Okay, this is not pre-recorded. This is live. And so uh, and a reason why we, we make sure this is live is because this is, we want to bring something that's authentic, something that's real, something that's not like we, we recorded uh, before. This is something that we're, that we're going forward. And also, I want to let you know that we do have a team that's praying for you. If, if you're there, you're sitting, you're sitting wherever you are, you need... Um, you maybe you, you need prayer. We've got a prayer team that's always waiting for you. So just hit the prayer button and we've got a team that we're able to pray for you. So I think we've got Naomi Glenn back up on the phone line. Naomi Glenn, are you there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Oh, you're there. Hey, uh, we can still hear your, your lovely voices. So um, so tell us, uh, so what's your journey from here here on in to go going forward? Um, so we're currently studying at East West College, probably till the end of the year. We were um Hoping to go in July, but it does all come down to fundraising for us. So whenever we get all of our fundraising done, we're allowed to go. So in the meantime, we're out here at East West um, studying cross cultures and missions just to help us get a better feel for working in a team that has a lot of different cultures in it. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think this year we're focusing on study and obviously how this coronavirus is going to affect countries and travel it may affect ours but i think we're still aiming to go it's just a matter of when now okay so you guys are ready to go in july but again it's all all about the borders when that's open the covid19 virus how that's going to affect you so but you guys are ready to go hoping july and all depending on your funding so you know that's something out there if you i know we're all kind of struggling at the moment but if you maybe God's put laid something in your heart to get behind and support Noam England, they, they probably don't um, self-promote themselves as much as they should. But I want to really want to promote uh, Noam England if you want to support them, get behind them, sponsor them. Maybe God's put something on your heart about the mission field. Maybe you can't go, but maybe God's put something on your heart to sponsor Noam England. And so you are still sowing into the mission field by via Naomi and Glenn. So Naomi and Glenn, I know you, you guys don't like saying this, but if someone wants to support you, what's the best way? How can they do that? Um, I think the best way is to reach out to us. So we have a website um, that I set up called um, www.thejohnstonjourney.com. Um, and you can just reach out to us on there. Um, and we'd love to sit down and have coffee or chat over Skype, probably because coronavirus. Um, <laughs> but um, have a chat, get to know each other, figure out what it is that you guys want to see happen and make sure that we're on the same page. Um, and then, yeah, we go from there. So, yeah, that's it, um, thejohnstonjourney.com. Johnstonjourney.com. And you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube? Um, not on YouTube yet, but we're hoping to start a video log soon. It's just that there's not really a lot going on that doesn't involve sitting down at a desk. <laughs> <laughs> Table talk with Nomi and Glenn Johnston. Okay, um, fantastic. Well, so there you go. If you want, if you want to follow them, just uh, look up Naomi and Glenn Johnston, uh, the Johnston Journey, the Johnston Journey on Facebook and Instagram. Um, get a hold of them and let's see them make a difference in Budapest. Okay, before they go, we're going to have a bit of a, a trivia challenge. 
with Nomi and Glenn. We're going to have a challenge. In fact, um, our guest speaker, in fact, I want to introduce our guest speaker for us tonight. He's going to be bringing the message is Mike Cook, who is the CMI representative. Mike Cook, are you there? I am indeed. Hello, everyone. You're looking, you're looking like you're, you're enjoying the mountains there. I am. It's a beautiful place here in Canada, near Banff. It's just an amazing place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, in Canada, Hamilton. And that's Canada, great. Hamilton. Hey, I just want to there say, is a, there Mike, is actually a Hamilton in Canada. Yeah, that's right. I, I noticed when I Google it. <laughs> so make sure you put NZ when you Google Hamilton. Hey, Mike, I just want to say that the mountains really go well with your eyes. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Now, um, Noam and Glenn, you're still on the line? We are. Okay. You are. Okay. Now, Mike Cook. He has trivia questions, and the reason why he's got them is because if I read them, then I'll know all the answers, and it wasn't going to work so well. So he's going to read up some trivia questions, and the first of three wins, okay? So, um, Glenn, are you there? Yes, I am. You're there. So you're more than welcome. So Nomi and Glenn versus Ants. Okay. Hey, this is going to be tight, isn't it? And so, tense. Glenn, and uh, so sorry, uh, Mike is our he's our ref. So um so Mike, you can tell us who got who got in. So here you go, Mike. Okay. First question. Okay, I have seven questions here, and this is a mix of Bible, food and drink, and music. Are you okay. ready? Yeah, here we go. First question ah. is a Bible question. Name the two faithful spies. Caleb and Joshua. Yes, okay. <laughs> Order. Caleb, Caleb and Joshua. Joshua. That is correct. Sorry, it just One. received me really slowly. In my, no, just kidding. Let's carry on. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, number two is also a Bible question because we are here with a, a Christian flavor. Name the gate where the lame man sat to, be, uh, sat to beg. Name the gate where the lame man sat to beg. Beautiful. The, the right. pearly gates. Pearly gates. It is beautiful. <laughs> The gate will be beautiful okay. gates. Come on, Ants, you've got to raise the game bit here. <laughs> this is why they're going, they're, this is why they're missionaries to get in God's setting them. Okay, carry on. Got, okay, changing subjects now. Here we have number three. It's a food and drink question. Okay. And Glenn will know this one for sure. Which country produces the most coffee in the world? New Zealand. Be no. Brazil. Yes. Italy? No, it's Brazil. Woohoo! One to Ants. Oh, Come on. How did Ants get back? <laughs> well, yeah, how do I get that? <laughs> okay, are you ready for number four, which is also a food and drink question? Which country is responsible for giving us pizza and pasta? Italy. Yes. Yes. Okay, we oh, have a, a tiebreaker tie tie now. Come on. Okay, now we're moving to music questions. Music questions. Number five. In which country did ACDC originate? Australia. Australia. Must be a bit of audio delay there. I have to say, yeah, Ants was a clear in the oh. head there. So first to three, Ants, you are a winner by a small amount. You know, uh, for a bonus question, I have, to, I have two oh, more bonus questions. It's still a bonus question. Check it in there. Winner takes be, all. This could be the best of four, couldn't it? Okay, you ready? Best of four. Here we go. Next one, number six is music. What boy group was Justin Timberlake part of? And think. You are correct. Okay, we have a tiebreaker again. <laughs> you know, it's because Nomi used to have the poster on the wall. Right. <laughs> I'm surprised okay. Ants didn't get that first. Okay. Because well, <laughs> we've got seven questions, an odd number. This really is the one that's going to, to determine the, the winner, okay? Okay, here we go. Tiebreaker. So another Bible question. Okay. Let's finish this phrase. God is our refuge and strength, a very what in trouble? Shelter. Mm, <laughs> no. God is our refuge and strength, a very... Strong shield? Fortress. Fortress. Any guesses from the Narrow here group? <laughs> Sorry, the uh, Gordonton group? I feel like Barry is making me a bit nervous okay. about any wait, answer. Wait. Could you say God that again? Okay, so God is our refuge and strength, a very something, something. Strong, strong shelter. Strong. Okay. I, thought, I thought strong <laughs> fortress, but I might okay. be wrong. Maybe it's a draw. Okay, it's a present help. A present help. Very present help. <laughs> okay, it's a draw. Now, it might depend on your uh, Bible version help. you're looking at. So do we, do we call it a draw? Or what it's a draw. It's a draw. You know, it's the, uh, the, the saddest thing here is that I'm the, I'm the pastor here, and you got all the Bible ones right. <laughs> I know, work. but you did get the food ones, then, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Yeah, I got the, yeah, got the coffee ones, which you should have got. Um, and I got ACDC before Glenn. Oh, that's come on. So yeah. Anyway, 
feel like that was a tie. <laughs> I think it was a tie. Yeah, well done, everyone. Well, well anyway, Naomi and Glenn, it was um, so good having you on Table Talk. Uh, we, we'll pray the very best for you. So if you're out there, get behind Naomi and Glenn and uh, find them on the Johnson Journey on Facebook and Instagram. Naomi and Glenn, would you like to say one final word to everybody before you go? Um, happy isolation. <laughs> happy isolation. <laughs> well, happy isolation to you too. Anyway, see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, uh, that was fun having uh, Naomi and Glenn. Next week, we've got another special guest. We don't know who it is, but <laughs> but you, I'm, I'm sure that you uh, you will you will not be disappointed. Well, my cook, my cook's got an amazing message for us. So, like I said, he is the CMI representative of the Waikato area, the region. He can explain more about that. Um, he's also one of our elders here in Hamilton Elam Church. I'm excited for Mike as he brings us the words. So I'm handing over to Mike Cook. Awesome. Thanks so much, Anson. Thank you, Naomi and Glenn, for sharing your heart. It's just a, amazing to you know see. I've known you for a number of years and just to see how God's really led you on and developed you as a couple and into missionary. So we're certainly praying and wishing you all the best as you continue your journey of uh, traveling into the missionary world. Anyway, um, as you know, we're all in lockdown at the moment. So as I pointed out before, I have my beautiful backdrop here from uh, Banff in Canada. It's actually in what used to be Imogen's bedroom at our place. But anyway, it's my home studio. Thank you to the tech team for getting me set up. So what I want to do tonight is just to go through um, looking at a few things that people I think are really asking in this difficult time as we go through this corona this COVID-19 lockdown and the world's in turmoil, there's financial pressure and there's lots of big questions being asked. So as a speaker for Creation Ministries, I cover the Waikato and Bay of Plenty areas and uh, I go to a number of churches just to share uh, how we can actually trust God's word is reliable and how God is who he said he is in the Bible. Because uh, many people believe that, well, the Bible has been proven wrong or evolution shows that God doesn't exist and all these sort of questions and uh, blockages come up to people hearing the gospel. So tonight, what I want to do is just to go through a few scriptures and uh, look at one or two questions. And at the end, I'm, hopefully we'll have time. If you have Q&A, we have on the chat box on the side, you can type a question in and hopefully we can actually address any questions that come up out of this. So tonight, I just want to look at what we really call hard questions for hard times. That's hard questions for hard times. And you'll see from that first slide there, we've got the picture of the um, coronavirus with a question mark. So I guess the this whole crisis we're in internationally is causing the whole world to be very, very different. And so it really boils down to each one of us as human beings at some point in our life. And I think more than ever right now, people will be asking themselves these three big questions. So I've got another slide here which covers these three big questions that we all ask at some point in our life. And many, many people that you know and love uh, will be asking these questions afresh. The first one is, where did I come from? Am I just evolved pond scum, the result of millions of years of chance, mutations, and evolution till here I am? Or maybe I'm created by a loving God. Number two, why am I actually here? What's the purpose of life? What's the big deal? You know, do I just get up, go to work, come home, have dinner, wake up, go to work, have dinner, and that's all life's about? Or maybe Life's what you make of it. Just have a good time, party, get what you can, and that's it. Or maybe if, again, a God has created me with a purpose and he loves me, he also holds me accountable. So the other option is, of course, that if I'm created in God's image, I need to have relationship with him, and he will give me uh, direction in life, boundaries in my life, and take me on into a more fulfilling life than the world can ever give. And the last thing, of course, is where am I actually going? So each one of us at this um, time is, is very po poignant, of course, is that we'll all die at some point. And sadly, a number of people around the world through this crisis are dying even now. So we have to realize that we're all mortal. Uh, we all are only on this life, uh, in this life on earth for a number of years. And after that, what is there? If I'm just evolved and there's no God, well, then I become uh, plant food, I guess. Otherwise, there, there is an eternity. There is a life after death or there is a an experience after death and so my relationship with God is really important so I've got on that slide there it says the answers that I accept the answers I accept into my heart and life about these three questions will profoundly affect how I live my life am I going to live without any real sense of accountability or purpose 
or am I going to live things in a way that is really uh, going to be honoring to God and give me a hope and a future? So, of course, we've got a number of family and friends and people uh, around the world that we know who are asking these questions, and many of them have this picture of God as this horrible monster, or maybe he doesn't exist at all, or they have this idea that all these Christians are vindictive and bigoted or judgmental people, and you know, God's a horrible um, character who did all sorts of horrible things in the Old Testament, and I don't want to know a God like that. And maybe you've had a religious experience that's really uh, hurt you and damaged your image of God. But I just want to give um, some guidelines on how we can look scripturally at how these questions can be asked. And the first one is a really favorite scripture of mine. And the third slide we've got here, uh, 1 Peter 3.15. It's a really key scripture for each one of us, how we should address this question of answering people's um, questions and skepticism. It says, but, but in your hearts, honor Christ. Okay, number one is honoring Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. He's our creator. He is holy. And we're called to always be prepared, you know, always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's within you. So the key there is hope, isn't it? We have a hope that the world picks up on. If we know him and we have a peace even in this storm, people are going to say, why are you different? What's, what's the hope you've got? Why are you not freaking out? Why are you not um, panicking and um, doing all the sort of things that others are doing? So we need to be able to have a reason for why we are like we are. And that's where your personal testimony really comes into action, that you need to know why you're different, what the Lord's done for you, and how uh, he has transformed your life. And the final thing is really important. We always relate to people with gentleness and respect. Nobody wants a Bible basher who comes along and points the finger and uh, you know, condemns them for not believing or having difficulties. We're all called to actually love and do things with gentleness and respect. Okay, so just moving on then. So, well, what about all the bad things in the world? We can see that um, many things look evil in the world. And so did God create the world the way it is? Did Is God the one who created good and evil as the Eastern religions believe? You know, yin and yang and God's got a dark side and a light side. But I, I really believe that scripturally it talks about the things that we see in creation around us in the world and, and those that we love who are facing difficulties. The whole thing of evil is that God did not create an evil world. His creation was perfect. And another scripture I've got here is just talking about this whole entry of uh, sin and death and suffering and horrible things into this world came out because of our ancestor Adam and uh, ancestor Eve's sin. They rebelled against God. It says clearly in Romans 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, a real person in history, our ancestor, not just a, a metaphor or a figment of the imagination or a, an idea, a real human being living in history, he sinned and rebelled against God. And through that penalty of death, the curse came upon all of creation. So it says death came through sin. And so death is spread to all men because all have sinned. So that's the, the hard news, isn't it? That each one of us, are separated from our creator by default. We don't do bad things. Sorry, we're not a sinner because we do bad things. We're, bad, we, um, we're, we're sinners by default, and so bad things come out of that. And there's another scripture, which I haven't got a slide for, but it just talks about the whole of creation, not just human death, the whole of creation. In Romans 8, verses 20 to 22, it said, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. In other words, that God actually had to bring a curse upon earth, take his sustaining power away from his perfect creation and say, well, okay, you want to run this whole show by yourself? I love you, but I give you free will to do that. So that's where he took his sustaining power away to a degree. And that's when bad things started to come into creation. And we see the fruit of that all around us. But the great news is it says creation is in hope that it will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. So we live in a, a world, a universe, that's not the way God intended. We still see um, aspects of beauty and things all around us. There's still those echoes of Eden, so to speak. But the world's not, not a happy place in many ways, is it? And so God must really grieve over the way his creation has gone. So uh, the next slide, it's just a pictorial thing again. If we look at the big picture of uh, history, 
throughout the Bible. It talks in Genesis about God creating the heavens and the earth perfect. He talks about it was good, it was good, it was good. Right through five days of creation on the sixth day, he created both man and woman in his own image, Adam and Eve, and he said, everything is very good. So God's creation was good right from the beginning. But then, of course, we, our ancestors sinned, and the whole thing started to fall apart, and we got the intrusion of death. Death is the last, uh, last enemy. It's an intruder. It's not the way it should be. And we see uh, disease and suffering, pain, anguish, emotional breakdown, all sorts of horrible things happening because of that sin curse that's come upon the whole of creation. But the good news is, this is the good news, if we read the end of the book, we find that God actually restores everything back and creates a new heavens and a new earth. We see that in Revelation. So there's a big picture of uh, a perfect creation that falls into sin and uh, disrepair, and then God will recreate it again in the future. So I just want to touch on this whole thing about um, evil. So there's actually two main types of evil. The first thing is, of course, that evil doesn't actually exist. Evil is like darkness. Um, darkness is just where there's no light. And God is good. He's a good God. We know that from his character and his word says that God is good. He is perfectly good. There is no evil in him. So where God's not there, then it's like when there's no light, you get darkness. When God is absent, uh, his, his power is absent in some way, you end up with a degree of evil. And uh, I've got two pictorial slides here talking about the two types of evil that we see in this broken world around us. The first uh, slide there is about moral evil. And this is the, uh, the kind of evil that we see when you know, man does things to man. We see things like 9-11. Uh, we see crime, murders. We see the Holocaust. We see slavery. And we see white-collar crime and uh, internet crime. All these sort of things come out of uh, man's fallen nature to do bad things to their fellow human beings. And that's very, very clear. That's the result of Adam and Eve's sin, that we are our relationship with our creator has been damaged in some way, and therefore our relationship with each other is also damaged in some way. But there's a different type of evil as well, and this really comes out of the whole thing of all of creation is broken to some degree. So we've got a thing called natural evil. And natural evil, that covers things like, you know, carnivory, animals ripping other animals apart, you know, things dying in horrible ways in nature. We see um, earthquakes, as we've experienced here in New Zealand. We see things like volcanic eruptions, White Island, things happening all around the world, people suffering because of volcanic eruptions. We see flooding, storms, tornadoes, all these sort of things are what we call natural evil. And they're a result of the curse as well. They weren't God's intention for his creation in the first place. So all these areas are things that God grieves over as he looks down on his creation and he sees that it's not the way he intended it to be. And I'm thinking even of this COVID-19, this uh, virus, the COVID-19 is the disease that's caused by the virus. The, uh, the coronavirus, of course, is the family of viruses. And so I just want to mention too that viruses as a whole are good. You know, 99, you know, many, many uh, percent of the viruses in nature are very, very good. They're there to regulate bacteria. They're there to be a blessing. But sometimes things come out of their design constraints and start to uh, go ar awry. And what we're seeing, of course, is with this coronavirus outbreak is a, a virus that's jumped species. It's developed um, in a way that is now no longer doing good things the way it was originally designed. And so I just want to look at, again at this whole thing of how does this impact on the gospel? So when we're sharing with people that we are Christians and we love God, they're going, well, if your God is so amazing, if your God is so good and powerful and everywhere, why doesn't he stop the, the uh, virus? Why does he not stop innocent people dying? You know, what, what are we going to say to this? How are we going to address this question of where is God and all this suffering? And uh, it's really amazing. When the, um, the big tsunami happened in 2004, I recall there was a um, Salvation Army minister or captain who was being interviewed on Australian TV. And the presenter there was asking him, him questions. And obviously he wasn't a Christian, the presenter. And he, he said, Captain Smith, or whatever his name was, he said, all these things happen. The tsunami has killed hundreds of thousands of people and all these bad things. Where is God in this? Why didn't God do anything about this? And the Salvation Army captain very wisely said, oh, so you're telling me that God, if, if he's in control, he should actually do something about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be doing something about all this. And the Salvation Army captain said to the presenter, he said, well, is God in control of your life? Oh, 
It's an interesting one, isn't it? So again, we have free will and we sometimes blame God for things, but many things that happen are, are a result of our own unwise decisions or our sin nature. And even this coronavirus, I think, is a perhaps an effect of bad stewardship of the planet. You know, things that are being done in some of these wet markets and other things can sometimes bring out a situation where things go awry because of our own bad stewardship of nature. Anyway, I've got another slide here looking at the whole picture of the gospel. And we have to remember again, when we share the good news that Jesus loves you and you know, he's got a purpose for your life, that's true, but it's not the whole gospel. We need to know that we are all sinners, we are all lost, and by default, we are separated from God into eternity. But the great news is we've got the slide that shows you we need to give the bad news first. The bad news is that we're all fallen, we're all separated from our creator. But the good news is our creator came into creation. He became one of us. He actually then took on our humanness. He experienced what we go through, the pain and suffering that we have. And he actually died a horrible death on the cross, a physical death to pay for physical death, which is a penalty for sin. And so we see the good news is that God himself stepped in and Jesus, the creator, he actually paid that price for us. So that's amazing, isn't it? We all realize the bad news is there. We cannot save ourselves. But Jesus, our amazing creator God, he actually personally paid that price for us. So if you don't know that yet, you, you're struggling with who God is, let me rest, uh, let, be rest assured that God loves you. He really, really cares deeply about every one of you. He doesn't want anyone to perish at all. And people who are struggling at the moment with their mortality and wondering where things are going to go, just know that he, he's calling you home. He wants you to have that relationship with you. I've just got one or two um, other scriptures I want to share, um, perhaps a personal testimony too from uh, our own experience of this. So back in 2003, some of you will remember there was the SARS outbreak, very similar to now. But it was also a time when the Iraq war was just starting, the second Iraq war. And of course, um, Saddam Hussein was putting up a fight in Iraq and the US army was going in. Um, but my family, we, we were all going on a big overseas trip. We wanted to go to Asia. We wanted to go to China to visit friends of ours who were ministering there, the Fistinich family. We wanted to visit other friends in Japan. And then we wanted to go to Israel as well, where Desmond and I had first met. We wanted to go there and catch up with our Israeli friends and to also show the children where we met. And of course, so here you have SARS affecting all of Asia, um, a disease like coronavirus. You also have the Iraq war in the Middle East with um, the threat of Scud missiles going into Israel. And people are going, Mike, you're going to take your family to Asia when the SARS on? You're going to go to Israel when there's a threat of war? But both Desmond and I, we had a real peace about it. We just, we, we did ask questions. We prayed about it. And I just want to share, there's two, two slides here we've got about Psalm 91, which I want to really encourage uh, all of you with. It's a beautiful psalm that for such a time as this. So Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. It's amazing, isn't it? We'll shelter in the uh, shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That is awesome, isn't it? So no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens in our own families, we can trust that God is good and he's got our back. And verses five to seven, it says, you will not fear the terror of the night. There's plenty of things to be afraid of at night sometimes, nor the arrow that flies by day. And so for us, that spoke about scud missiles, you know, incoming rockets and missiles. We didn't need to fear that nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. You know, SARS, COVID-19, all these sort of things are pestilences, plagues, and diseases. Nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. And for us, that was a real uh, anchor that we held on to scripturally, and we just trusted God. We went out, not recklessly, um, taking the right precautions, but really believed that God would have our back, and he did. And we had a, an amazing, amazing time. So I'm not just carte blanche saying this doesn't mean we're excused from things happening, but God is good. And I really, for us, our family, we can hold those scriptures close to us even now and know that they are so real. Just want to um, share about um, one other thing Pastor Ants has put onto our Facebook group at church, uh, a video clip called Pandemic. It's a 20-minute video from Creation Ministries. 
And if you haven't seen that or you're not aware of it, I really encourage you to have a look at it. It's a really excellent 20-minute video put on by a PhD geneticist, Dr. Robert Carter, who's one of my colleagues in the US, and Gary Bates, who's an Australian guy, and he's the heads up, he heads up the office in the US office. And what this video does is it just looks at the coronavirus. It's an update on it. Where did it come from? What's the effect of it? Is it a conspiracy? Um, what steps should we be taking? And just to, then it leads into the gospel. It talks about our mortality, realizing that we are all human. We are all um, vulnerable to things. And it leads up to a challenge for the gospel. So really encourage you to have a look at that. I've got a slide here that shows you how to get to it if you haven't found a link. Just go to um, creation.com, which is Creation Ministries' main website, creation.com. And up on the top right-hand side, you'll see the little search box. Just type in the word pandemic in there, and it will then take you through to the 20-minute the YouTube video. I really encourage you to have a look at that, share it with your non-Christian family and friends, and just encourage them to see the bigger picture from both a scientific and a biblical point of view. I found it really, really good. Okay, so I just want to finish off now with one last scripture before opening up to maybe a Q&A time if anyone's got any questions. We'd love to be able to uh, connect with you and, of course, pray with you. We've got a prayer team here if you want prayer. But um, we want to be here to serve you, to encourage you, to be a blessing to you. So I want to finish off with this really neat scripture as well. And it comes from John chapter 14, verse 27. John chapter 14, verse 27. And it says, Peace I leave with you. That's amazing, isn't it? Peace. Peace in the storm. What, a, what an amazingly turbulent time we're in at the moment. So God is offering us, through Jesus, peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Because the world sure doesn't give any peace at the moment, does it? There's no sense of stability or any place to anchor your life at the moment in the world. But uh, Jesus has promised, I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid. So let, let not your hearts be troubled, let them not be afraid. So our prayer is for all of you, our church family and other people who may be listening in from anywhere around the world, we just want to really uh, encourage you to come back to the, the core simplicity of the gospel, get rid of all that baggage, the religiosity and the, the false ideas that often attach to us, and we all experience that, but know that God loves you, he's created you with a purpose, he created a beautiful world that we've spoiled, but he will give us a future and a hope. He will restore everything back to the way it was with a new heavens and a new earth. So all the things we experience now are only temporary. They won't be here forever. So thank you for that. It's a, just a few things I wanted to really share to encourage you through these difficult times. And whether it's you know, concerns about the disease itself or your, your financial state or your employment or your family, we know that these times are hard. We really, really understand that. We're not being glib or um, flippant but we just know that we have that anchor that we can uh, put around our life and put on our life, and we can move ahead and be different to the world, but point them to him. Pass back to you, Pastor Ants. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, that was amazing. Thanks so much. Hey, I really do encourage you to go to the creation.com website and um, have a look at this, some other great things other than pandemic. Pandemic, it's, it's such a great resource to, for you, not just for you and for your children, for the whole family. It's such a great resource. So thank you so much, Mike Cook. Next week, we've got Grant Spicer. He's our speaker next Wednesday. So he's another young, he's a young man. He's a teacher. He's um, got amazing, he's got a YouTube channel. We're trying to keep his kids entertained as a teacher. So don't miss that next week. Um, so as, as Mike was, was talking about, you know, God loves you. He really does. God's heart is always for you. And maybe you're listening here. Maybe you, you, you need prayer of any kind. We've got a prayer team that wants to pray for you. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're worried. And so we've got a prayer team. Please hit the button. We've got a team that wants to pray for you. But maybe you're here. Maybe you, you, kind, of, you kind of followed God and then or for whatever reason, you kind of fell out from God. Or, or maybe you're, you're, you're tuning in for the very first time and you don't even know, know God. I'm here to tell you that he loves you. His plans for you are good. Are good. You weren't just created just to eat your lunch, go home and wake up, do it all again, then one day die and that's it. There's more to this than that. Did you know that someone had been praying for you? Someone had been praying for you right up to this moment. In fact, the reason why you're tuned in here is because it was God ordained. He loves you. He loves you. This is why God stepped into his creation and he binded himself with flesh and the fullness of Jesus Christ. And on the cross, he died for your sin. He died for my sin. He went into those places 
of shame and regret and he wiped the slate clean and he set you free. And, you know, and that's what God offers you, offers you hope, offers you peace. And if you're there right now and you want to receive Christ, you want to make a decision to follow him, follow him because he knows the way out. Because this reason I want you to follow him because he knows the way out of your mess. He knew the way out of my mess. And, you know, 16 years ago, I would never thought I'll be here speaking to you. But I began to follow Jesus and began to make things right in my life that I had made wrong because he loves me and he loves you. So if you'd like to receive Christ, or if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is what I want you to do. All you've got to do is I want you to hit the button, hit the button um, that says, raise your hand for Jesus and just begin to uh, say, yes, I want to follow him. You do that. reason why we want you to do that is because we've got a team that wants to pray for you. And as you hit that button, people will be praying for you. Straight away, people are praying for you right now because it's your faith. that You've heard Mike talk. You've heard me talk. You've heard Naomi and Glenn share their faith. In the day, it's your faith. You have to make that decision. It'll be the best decision that you'll ever make. So as you make this decision, if you're ready to leave your life of sin and follow Jesus, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. Come on, why don't we pray? I'm going to pray with you. Remember, just hit, keep hitting that button. Raise my hand for Jesus. I'm ready, making a decision today. I'm lifting up my hand to follow you. If that's you, I want to pray for you. So let me pray for you. Okay. Father God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that... Um, they're right here, right now. People are making a decision to follow you. In fact, if you're listening to this, you're making this, this, this decision. This decision. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I know I've done wrong. Forgive me, Lord. I want you to be my Lord and Savior all the days of my life as I follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise God. Hey, you know what? If you made that decision for the very first time, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. I'll encourage you to keep reading the Bible. There's Bible apps available. You can um, ask our prayer team um, if you need prayer of any kind. But you know what? Or contact us at the church. Leave a note and all that. We'll follow you up and get you involved. We've got online Bible studies if you want to get involved in that. But above all, it is your decision. It is your journey with God. He loves you. He has not forgotten you. Well, anyway, I'm going to head back to Mike. Mike, you still there? I am indeed, then. Hey, thank you so much for that. So what? That, that's amazing. So how long have you been involved with CMI? That's a good question, actually. Um, what was Creation Ministries? I've been officially involved since about 1999, and I've been an accredited speaker for about three years now, two or three years. And But I, my first, I guess, understanding where creation really fitted in and gave me a huge boost to my faith was back in about 1992, 93. And we had a creation speaker came to our church in Kofi Street. And for me, that suddenly lit up the the um, brain cells. And I realized I could trust God's word completely. It wasn't just a mix of myth and good teaching. It was basically God's work right through. So good 20 plus years. That's right. So CMI, it's, a, it's basically we got a Christian scientists. You know, these, these guys are PhD. They, these guys, they, they didn't leave their brain at the door or anything like that. These guys are very clever, clever, clever people who love God, love Jesus. And really, the answers are in Genesis. And so is that right, Mike, if I'm missing anything else about CMI? Exactly right. And we like to say uh, the scientists who are Christians rather than Christian scientists, because some people get confused with Christian oh, yes. Science, which Christian scientists scientists are Christian Christians. Or science. Yeah, exactly. So we've got, we believe, the most, largest number of PhD scientists on staff. So um, but it's, it's not so much about the science. It's about the fact God's word can be trusted and the world around us backs it up from science. So real science affirms the Bible is what we base our ministry on. Absolutely. And you know what? You know, we can look at the facts. We can look at at um, scientific fact and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's about your personal relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. And, you know, Jesus reveals himself to you. He loves you. He loves you. And you know what? You cannot deny your testimony. So, amen. Isn't that, so, isn't that true, Mike? That's so true. Your personal testimony is the most powerful thing you have. Nobody can argue against that. The way that God has done something in your life transformed you from, I was like this, and now I'm like this. That's your personal testimony. is special, unique to you. And that's um, really, really powerful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, last one, say one last word as I say goodbye to everybody, Mike. No, again, thank you all. That's my head uh, is going a bit funny. But anyway, being involved in technology, things happen. But thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you to our production team in the background. Thanks to Ants and the rest of the team. And above all, have a great rest of the week. And during this isolation time, just um, keep pressing into God. Love your family. And um, We'll come through this together with his help.
Fantastic. Awesome, Mike. What I love about Mike is he's got a real cool hairstyle. We kind of share, we share the same barber. But anyway, uh, remember, God loves you. He's for you. You're never alone. He's always there. There's nothing you can do to make God love you because he already loves you. Remember that because God is love. Anyway, I hope you can join us for Table Talk again next week, 7.30. But also join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday service live. Everything's live. Nothing is pre-recorded, okay? Everything's live. This this show is live. We are live. Uh, we don't do anything pre-recorded. It's part of our vision. Real love serves about real, about being authentic. And so we want to come to you live wherever we are. Remember, God loves you, and we'll see you again. God bless everybody. 